You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Federal Premium Ammunition and their new centerfire rifle ammunition terminal ascent. Now, the terminal ascent has a slipstream polymer tip that helps flatten trajectories and initiates low velocity expansion at longer ranges. The terminal ascent gives you match grade long range accuracy in a bonded hunting bullet and it comes in a variety of cartridges including the 6.5 Creedmoor, the 280 Ackley Improved, the 28 Nosler, the 7mm Remington Mag 30-06 and the 300 Win Mag. If you want to find more information about the Terminal Ascent, visit federalpremium.com and while you're there, check out It's Federal Season, the official podcast of Federal Ammunition. Welcome to the Land and Legacy Podcast. We're your hosts, Adam Keith. And Matt Dye. This is your number one resource for all things land. If you're interested in conservation, habitat management, hunting strategy, and rural real estate, this is the podcast for you. Well, here we go. That's right. <coughs> Welcome back to the windy the windy studio of yeah. the backyard uh, episodes. Not, not to be, not to be confused with the windy city. No, because we're, we're not, not in the windy city. I can promise you, we are not in the windy city. <laughs> I mean, I will make it clear as day. Wait, Wait what ain't did recording you say? There. Can they hear this? That's oh. a switchblade. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord, we're in trouble. Okay, so Dan, back to don't habitat. Kick us off. <laughs> yeah, back to habitat talk. Um, I'm I'm pretty I'm two, pretty excited. Podcast two eight two, two eighty two plant profile series introduction coming your way. Yeah, <laughs> preparation. Um, so so over the course of however many years we've been doing this, and the number of podcasts, and the number of states, number of acres, number of clients, number of podcast listeners we've been talking to, it is just we're kind of important. on that. We're gonna. T- Tell them what we told them phase of the podcast. You know the phrase, you're going to tell them something, you're going to tell them what you told them, and then tell them how you told them or whatever that old, you know that. I have no idea what you're talking about. You know how they say when you're giving a speech, you got to give them, you got to tell them what you're going to tell them, you got to tell them what you're going to tell them, and then you have to remind them. What you told them? What you told them. Huh. Something like that. Okay. Well. Somebody shoot us an email, let us know how you Yeah, uh, that phrase, whatever that, phrase. that is. What is it? Tell us what you told them. Something like that. But. We we've Essentia- covered all of this um, Th- we have th- throughout the years. Yeah, we yeah. we have covered and hit all the different vegetation types, whether it be grasses, whether it be forbs, shrubs, trees. We have talked and talked and talked about all those different um, at, at different times, at different points, and, and to different levels. But we find that it is extremely necessary um, to to kind of work in unison and um, essentially do a series on the different vegetation types that are out there, that categories, um, so breaking down again, grasses, forbs, shrubs, trees, and what they do, what they don't do. Because we can't begin to manage anything natural resource-wise if we don't know what those species do. Or, or for that matter, what the species actually is individually. If we can't identify 
what type of grass that is, what type of shrub that is, what type of tree that is, then we're never going to be a, a successful land manager to the scale that a lot of people are wanting to. So, so first, we're going to be talking about the importance of learning plant identification because as we're getting into this series, which we'll start next week, when we break down grasses, forbs, shrubs, trees, and the role of each one of them throughout an entire year. So it's going to be pretty, like, information-packed. Yes. Um, we, 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 have to, we have to first get everybody studying what the plants are how and identifying. You might have you mentioned that. Um, I was dozing off, but uh, not dozing off. I actually had a text I was trying to wrap up before, before we jumped into this because um, I remembered something while we are doing this. But um, how many times do you hear or see a discussion where – uh, you can see it on social media too, and I'm, I reference social media a lot because a lot of content or ideas we have come from that. Um, well, we just we just see a need. Uh, you uh, see of, a picture of, of, of a, a person says, "What is this? How do I kill it?" Well, first off, we have to understand what it is and know what it is first. Great question to to ask, right? What is it? That, that's important. Yeah, but you should you should be looking to identify or how to identify those yourself. Number one. Um, but number two is maybe you shouldn't kill it. Maybe you should have more of that. Shouldn't you know what, what it is before you're trying to kill it? <laughs> like we, we're, we're trying to pull the, the, the cart before the horse, and that doesn't really work yes. if you can't even first identify what the species is. And then, yes. and, and then so categorically, categorically, what role should these be playing? Yeah. I'm reminded of a of the movie Tombstone when Doc Holliday says, "This is Johnny Ringo, honey. You're looking at the fastest gun or whatever." And he says, uh, "Should I hate him?" And she goes, "His his companion says you don't even know him." He goes, "Oh, but I think I should hate him or something like that." It's like you don't even know what this plant is, yeah. and you're already hating on it and trying to kill it. Yeah, and so. Yeah. I think a lot of times, too, you can see where species that were beneficial <coughs> got killed or removed to be replaced by a species that's not as beneficial. Yeah. Um, and so this whole series is going to be fun because, I mean, let's face it, we do two podcasts a week. So we're going to devote one of those podcasts every single week for the next several weeks. I, I said probably going to be four or five weeks <coughs> and then we'll probably go into another series yeah uh but um we're gonna i end up being like preachers here with sermons we've hey, got a series then we wrap that up we'll jump into another yeah, series yeah we're, we're gonna we're gonna make books out of these series we're gonna be in the the book of plants yeah and then we'll be in the book of apostle practices <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and so yeah uh i'm looking forward to it you know um well, I think I think it's going to be a, a more organized fashion to be able to learn from too. I, yeah. I know a lot of people like the podcast, but but I think sometimes preparation on our, our end gets a little short, and so we throw a lot of information out there, but we want to package it in a way that's going to be a little bit more like, hey, follow along here, and then we're going to work our way through, and by the end of this five week little series, you're going to understand. So it's five weeks now. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just making it up. We're making this thing up as we go along. Yeah, <coughs> because that's every, our business model. every week okay. is a brain dump. Yeah, so so we're going to 
we're going to start with grasses and move our way up. Um, but at the end I of it, to start with Forbes. <laughs> it makes no sense. <laughs> but we're gonna we're gonna work our way through all these vegetation types, and at the end of it, follow follow along each week because then you'll have just this. I I think richer understanding of of what plants of what each specific type of plant does but then more importantly too I I think people don't know what they do but then people are also just as confused as what they don't do yeah it's like it's like well that's a ugh, that tree that's good cover no it's not yeah, hold, it's hold, a spindly give me that little chains- trunk, and yeah. it goes up to a little round canopy. Give me that chainsaw, and I'll, and I'll show you its improved cover when I cut it. But like, you know, even I, I hear this all the time of, of people talking about like, um, oh, we're e scouting or, or whatever, um, and they're like, oh, look at all that cover. <laughs> Come on, those that's just trees. That's not yeah, actual there's a lot cover. of stems. Yeah, like yeah. that. That's not. That's not. It's a false pretense that you're. You know, you can't can't get past in your head that that just because there's trees there that doesn't mean it's cover um cover is <coughs> to me in my opinion one of those hard things to find based on an aerial image yeah for sure for sure or or, or the 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 idea that well look at that field of grass there's got to be food out there or they're eating that grass well probably not like they're they're just likely not doing that um because deer just don't really eat grass, and there's not very much food value at all. So we we have to begin to understand first, like to me, like if we do Forbes, we're going to define what a Forb is, and then we're going to give some of our favorite Forbs or some mm-hmm. of the most common Forbs, mm-hmm. and then we'll discuss what they do, what they don't do, and then we'll look at them and rate them on a scale of benefits from one to ten maybe from January through December. Yeah. Because a Forb, in Forb January A may look different or be more beneficial in May than it would be in July or 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 October, but there may be a Forb that's more beneficial in October than in June or May. Which, which again, <coughs> when we're talking about this, we all have to – to keep in mind too, just the importance of the composition of all of these things on the landscape. Yeah. We're not we're singling these things out so we can better understand them, but not to put too much praise on one over another. Remember, it is the combination of all these things working together on the landscape that is going to give whatever you know, deer, turkey, quail all of the resources that it needs throughout a given year. It's it's a culmination of how it's laid out, but we we can't begin to even go there if we don't know what they should do in, in each category each month, what roles they play, what they don't play. So it's going to be pretty, I, I think, pretty cool to bring this together. But, again, first and foremost, if – if you're if if you feel like you're subpar in plant identification then you need to practice going into this let's say series going yeah. into this next week get a get a a book um what's that what's that uh book the forest the forestry book um Craig Harper's book no 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 the tree oh, identification the, the southern the, 
the weather is the trees of the south south uh, southern forest or something like that. Yeah. But uh, the Wildlife Federation cooperation, maybe. We'll we'll put a link somewhere. Yeah, <coughs> somewhere. That's really helpful for everyone. Somewhere. We'll put a put a link with Facebook the, or yeah, something with, of with some of our favorite books. tree identification books. Yes. Um, and then, of course, Craig Harper's book is really good for it is very uh, good grasses and forbs. forbs. Yep. Uh, what is that book? What is his book called? Um, early secessional plant, plant communities. communities of the southeast. Yes. yes. Yep. That's that another good one. A very good one for for grasses, forbs, and and some shrubs. Yeah. Um, so you know we we're going to be working through that in the coming in the coming weeks and months. Um, so prepare and get ready. But I, I've seen so much. Uh, I don't want to say time. Other people's time <laughs> wasted, but people getting ahead of themselves when it does come to this type of information. This series, when when first and foremost, we don't know five different tree species. We yep. don't know five different types of grasses. We don't know five different types of forbs or we shrubs. We don't know the most common invasive species of our area. Like, and, and so there we go. There's 25, right? So we got five invasive species, five grasses, five forbs, five shrubs, and five trees. Trees. 25 plants that you need to learn for to your area. That's your yeah. homework That's after for, this from podcast. This week till next week, come back. Ready and, to and talk about so what area each. that would be so like for me I, and and for us we live in Missouri okay but you and I both know <coughs> there's a large there's a very big difference between northern Missouri and the Ozarks where we live yeah so the ecological region we would say the Ozark Mountains so even if we want to get more specific the northern Ozark Mountains. Yeah, and that's what I would say. Southern Missouri, trees of Southern Missouri, or trees of the Ozark Mountains. Simple Google search. What about you? You grew up in yeah. Virginia. Yeah. What part of Virginia? The Piedmont of Virginia. So let's just say central to northern Virginia, and and it was not the coastal region. It was not the the Blue Ridge, but the Piedmont. So Ridge rolling. There we go. The rolling hills that that would get you and lead you into the foothills. So the Piedmont the region of Virginia. So yep. you could look up tree, native tree species, native grass species, native forest species, yep. invasive species of northern Virginia. Uh, and, and write them down. Does that put those when to you memory. Google that one? Does it uh, invasive species of northern Virginia? Does it just say all of them? Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, it probably. seems like they follow. It doesn't seem it pretty well documented that a lot of invasive species follow urbanization what's the what's the worst location that you've ever been to from an invasive species standpoint mm. Mm. that's a I know killer mine. question but what what about what's yours that you've worked in oh, man. and then we'll go most forb rich grass rich and tree rich shrub rich too that we've worked I think Pennsylvania is way up there for invasive species, but so is parts of Kentucky. Mm. Um, oh, man, that's a really good question. Illinois. Illinois for you? Parts of Illinois. 
because it's got autumn olive, bush honeysuckle, and and I'm talking specifically strip mine region yeah, of yeah. Illinois. Cerisa lespediza, yep. Phragmites in the waters. Mm-hmm. Which which uh, autumn essentially olive, the same thing for Kentucky from all the, the coal ground too. Autumn olive the re- and reclaimed. But yeah. go ahead. <laughs> yeah, autumn olive and uh bush honeysuckle. Yep. The okay. Fab Four. <laughs> um mine mine's definitely the state of Maryland. <clears throat> yeah, I figured uh-huh. I haven't you work all those out there. I don't yeah. I don't deal with those. Well and, and two, just you enjoy from the previous, East Coast too much. Just I can't previous take that work. away from you. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy visiting family. Yeah. Um but but the um yeah that I mean whether it is Forbes, vines, brambles, trees. I mean, it just got it all. Yeah. And I, I, I want to say I was, I was I was on one property and there's there's 10 or 11 different types uh uh you know identified. When we watch we don't watch much TV, but we watch some YouTube videos and I've seen some of these guys down in Atlanta that hunt and I I enjoy their videos, but yeah. watching their watching their videos in urban Atlanta makes me cringe at the amount of kudzu, English ivy, ivy yeah. uh, privet. Still grass. Still, oh, gosh. Yeah. 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 It, it, it is it's like, oh, man. Like, it just is it, It's relatively painful um, to to see that occur at such, a, such an impact. So, um, grass rich. What's the most, like, Grass species, Oklahoma, rich. yeah, for sure. Oklahoma, Flint Hills, parts Kansas, of, yep. Kansas, even parts of Texas. Uh huh. Yep, without a doubt, that was, and that, and that's normal, right? That's that's typical rangeland stuff. Um, yep. I'm gonna I definitely agree on that. Oklahoma, and I think parts of Kansas. Um, and then when we hunted Nebraska, we didn't we didn't work then the sand hills of Nebraska, but. Um, I would still choose, you know, then if you were to ask me which one is the, my favorite, like the most diverse, I would still say Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. It seemed like Sand Hills in Nebraska was a lot of the same type of grass. It seemed like it was a lot of the same height, the same species. Not much shrubs. No. But what was cool is like when you would get to any areas that were like the potholes um, that were holding water, you would see this just – uh, pretty clear uh, successional change. It, uh, that was a soil type change, really. But the grasses and species would, yeah. you, go, you know, move out from there. Yeah, working kind of go into more sedges too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what about Forbes? That's a that's another good one. I would because they kind of correlate with your grass. With your grasses. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of some places that I've been that like. Man, there was just flowers blooming, which could yeah. have been the time of the year I was there. Sure, sure. Um, hmm. I'm gonna say that some some Flint Hills, Kansas stuff that I've been on. That's just been really, whew, um, north northeast, north central has been pretty pretty beautiful. Yeah. Um, uh, I think Forbes, from a standpoint, now I've seen some beautiful parts stuff. Of Texas too that I, that polka dotted down <coughs> in the in the southeast Mississippi. That like, whoa, well, look at all these flowers, yeah. but not in very big area. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna say that probably flower wise or Forb wise, um, 
Oklahoma, Chandler area post cattle just recently mm-hmm. removed. So gotcha. that disturbance had so it was native prairie. Some. Then they pulled off in a couple years yeah. of of it was unfortunate. A lot of cheatgrass coming in mm-hmm. and uh, Bermuda grass in pockets, but a lot of Indian paintbrush. Yeah, and different things. And then the other one would be. Uh, Waco area of Texas mm-hmm. had a lot of like Mexican hat, Indian blanket. Um, yeah, I prairie remember clovers. That. Oh, it, it wasn't a consultation, just when. Wife oh, and it I, was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You for, saw for it me. from yeah. yeah. For you went there on a vacation. trip. I went there on yeah. a consult. Yeah. Yeah. That and, was that uh, was very very beautiful. Yeah. So that that would be my four ones. Um, when there, it comes to shrubs. There's parts of Iowa too that have been pretty good. Oh man, I forgot. The you Lus, know, the Lus Hills. Yeah, that's right. The mm-hmm. Lus Hills minus the cedars that would rank like, very high that, on the list of of diverse forbs and grasses. Yep. And in sure. even southern Iowa. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Once cool seasons were removed, a lot of the natives that came back was like, "Whoa!" Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But I don't think, I don't. Th- think it compares to the naturally occurring ones of the Lus Hills and and uh, the prairies of Can- uh, Kansas, Flint Hills, and, mm-hmm. and Oklahoma and Texas. I mean, no, I, I don't think it compares. But there's even sites here in, in southern Missouri too that are that are really pretty pretty um, pretty rich. Uh, favorite um, shrubby component that I found. Mm, like I know mine. Diverse shrub component. There was a property I worked in Michigan mm-hmm. that was had American plum. No, no. Oh, really? Had American plum. It had sumac. Yep. It had nanny berry. Yep. And it also had uh, some of the like gray dogwood, rough leaf dogwood. Yeah. Uh, yep. I can't remember which one was up there, but had four main species, and it was like a hundred acres maybe, but it had a very much a prairie feel. Lots of grasses mm-hmm. with shrubs. Because fire hadn't been implemented in a while, yeah. so the shrubs oh, yeah. were very present. Yep. That was, you know, I, I'm, trying to, good surprise, I'm trying to change right? it up so you don't hear me say Oklahoma, Texas, yeah, and Kansas once again. Yep. Um, and so that one, and then... Um, <laughs> Mine for me was Minnesota. Oh, yeah, that's right. There yep. was, there was from, from, from the wetland side of things... Was there a things? lot of red osier in that place? Yeah, when, when you got close to where there was water. Um, yeah. There's definitely a lot of red osier, a lot of um, alders, a lot of the gray dogwoods, a lot of um, some plum. And then what was the other? Un- unfortunately, there was buckthorn. But mm. remove that, there was still a rich diversity of forbs. I mean, excuse me, gosh, shrubs um, throughout those those sites. Um, and that was across southern all the way to kind of central eastern and western minnesota what about forest is there a forest that you go wow this is pretty wow this is pretty there's there's some i always i always kind of like my mind just shifts to like the south because of the diversity of tree species that you can find there um but some some areas of forest that are just like wow i'm gonna go with my my two guys up in uh, Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, the fact that he's a logger and he gets it right. helps. But it's like, God, 
I don't get to see many acres that look like that. Like from from look like what that have been cut properly, maintained cut properly, properly managed properly, opened up, mm-hmm. in in to the degree that you're getting the response, mixed with young forest c- cuts mm-hmm. that are one to three acres. Mm-hmm. Like overall, I mean, we just had Will on the podcast yeah. uh, a couple weeks back, and he's one of those clients, and so it's just like. That I, I enjoy that. I enjoy that. If you that could one. take that type of timber management practice and put it on, overlap it on so many of the other properties you've worked, you'd be like, you guys are way off on the right foot. If I could get that client and his timber crew <laughs> and load him up and make well yeah. and train and take him around and and get the other equipment crews. he needs or they need and and the mindset that these other crews need and put yeah. a dozen of them across the country, we'd be doing all right. National Geographic would write an article. <laughs> it probably wouldn't be a good one because it would be a very aggressive uh, yeah. timber management, probably more than they like. Um, mm. So I, I I think that there's parts of Mississippi that I've worked that have been like, wow, this is this is good. One, I'm not a fan, obviously, of, of pine plantation, but I'm a fan of, of a client who has pine plantation and they're willing to go in there and do what needs to get done. So there's there's one, i, I got to make a return trip in February, and he's just 100% gung-ho. Mm. And it's like, mm. I know with your attitude of managing this property, with what you have as a base to work from, in three years this place is going to be phenomenal. So... I like that one. Is that snow geese? I don't know. <laughs> um, sorry, I, I thought, thought of another one. I thought of another one that I really enjoyed now uh, in the sand hills of Georgia near. Oh yeah, yeah that yeah. was yeah. Uh, that had a lot of American plum. Um, it had several species of forbs and grasses present. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I know. then. Um, it was really blooming when I was there, mm-hmm. and then it also had longleaf pine. Beautiful. S- dotted around, some turkey oak dotted around. Yeah, yeah. It had not had the proper tender, loving care it needed. It was part of a, you know, yeah. it was the classic case of uh, conservation easement post-abuse. Somebody right. abused it, put it in conservation easement, sold it. Handcuffed everybody My hands else. are out. Yeah. <laughs> and, right, right. Um, and there's... Going back, they're planting longleaf pine, mm-hmm. not in a plantation, but in kind of a naturally occurring standpoint. They're they're managing a riparian area, mm-hmm. and then that'll go into my next question for you as I jump back. But uh, the other one I wanted to talk about, yeah, was the trip to. Th- this is like a culmination of all of them, but the trip to Florida this year. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Was. It yeah. was a step back I, I into. I hate that I missed that one, but it was we a, had a. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully you can get back down there. But well, it was when a did you step, guys go? Sep- October. October, middle of October. It was a step back into what things would have looked like, or very close to what they would have looked like many, many years ago. The ecosystems that were present were were awesome. There were slash pine savannas with diverse understories of forbs, grasses, shrubs, a lot of palmettos, but those have st- slowly be taken and, and reduced. What was the main pine species? Slash pine. Really? Yeah. And mm. then, and then, um, was there any long, long leaf? 
There were some mixed in, yes. Yeah, okay. Yes. Um, I just remember, then, like, I can think of one picture that looked like it had giant longleaf pines. But it was looks it like, not? yeah, some of those are slash pine. Oh, I didn't but pay there's enough some, attention. There's, there were some natural region of longleaf, mm. but a lot of longleaf there had been harvested. But anyhow, um, then the then the uh, oak hammocks, the live mm. oak hammocks, and this the way they all filtered. Uh, like it was just like. This is this is naturally what a lot of things would have looked like, and it was like refreshing to see just the diversity of the understory, the amount of sunlight reaching the ground, um, and then the management practices that were occurring, and then that we know will continue to to take place. So, man, it was that was so cool. Um, that encompassed a lot of a lot of those those features. But what you about were riparian areas, um, marsh, rich, yeah, wetlands. This one's going to surprise you. Go ahead. But but it was a, it was another more recent one, so it it's probably not the best. I'll think of the best, but one that surprised me um, from a from from a just naturally working operating system was actually in East Texas recently in October. There was there was a a site or a portion of property that was very diverse. Um, we saw cardinal flower right there against against on, on the riverbanks or. I was, yeah, it was a river. Um, no, excuse me. It was not a river. It was a bayou. So that kind of tells you, wow. Yeah. Prob- probably pretty wet. <laughs> so that yeah. was just a small portion of the property. But we were seeing a bunch of different, um, you know, grasses, shrubs, sedges, and then wetland forb species right there. So it was, it was a cool filtering. But I'll think of the best best one here in a second. Think, what, what about you? Uh, well, going back to that one in Georgia. Okay. Yeah. You could go back on that one and see oh, yeah, beaver dams historically. Like yeah. I could pull back a photo from the ni- from like 1990 and see where the beaver dams were. And it's hard because they can just hear me, but they can't see my hands. But yeah. beaver dams were right here on the southern portion of the mm-hmm. farm, and then now the main beaver dams are. 150 yards north up the valley, yeah. and the old beaver dams now are like silted in little meadows. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, That's cool. And so yeah. that was really cool. Another one, I think of of a property near Starkville, Mississippi, Mississippi yeah. where I felt yeah. like that day <laughs> the whole thing was a I marsh. thought I was going to drown. <laughs> <laughs> are we managing for cotton mouse? Yeah. Oh um, Lord! That was a fun property. That was cool. A lot of uh, bushy blue stem mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that was in there. Um, there was a property I worked actually this September in Virginia. Big clear cut, ag fields, but on both sides running north and south were two um, were two pretty larger creeks that fed into a swamp. But on both sides, so east and west. They were both dammed up by beavers. So you had beaver dams on both sides, clear cut in the center, flat ag fields, and then it all bordered and encompassed a portion of um, a, a famous swamp in Virginia. And I'm not going to give it away, but it was... Woolly swamp. <laughs> gorgeous. Gorgeous transition. Um, was it that same swamp that Ted Ted Nugent was singing about? Fred Bear? No. <laughs> It, um, hold on. It does have, uh, I know it has quite a bit of, um, uh, history significance, but I, I w- 
I don't know if if John Wilkes Booth crossed this one, but I think I think I know he crossed one in Virginia, very close to this area. It would be kind of north of this, but higher up in the headwaters of it. Gotcha. Um, but anyhow, oh dang, I forgot about gorgeous swamp uh, trees. And since we're talking trees, we said forest, or I said forest, but let's just say trees in general, was the East Iowa Baroque Savannah that I worked last winter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where, where it was just like, man, this is so remnant I Baroque mean, Savannah. That minus the fescue drooled. underneath it, but they yeah. s- sprayed it all, and, and they planted a native mix. <sighs> nice. Yeah. Amazing. <sighs> What's another one? I sh- the, the the riparian area one really bugs me because I've, I feel like I've had wet feet more <laughs> times than my brain can remember <laughs> right now. Uh, it's probably because I've ingrained bad memories with those areas. Because if I was there in May and it was Michigan, I was getting carried away by mosquitoes. Mosquitoes. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh, 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 oh. Um, cool riparian area, and all the riparian areas that I'm gonna talk about. If there's no beavers, I don't remember them. Yeah, because it's just like whatever. I I feel like that riparian area should have should have beavers going up yeah. through it. And and then uh, another project in Pennsylvania, actually in the mountains this time, yeah. uh, had a big monster beaver uh, beaver swamp. It kind of like dammed all the way up all the way up the valley. That was beautiful. There were some like. I know you spent time in Pennsylvania, but there there are some absolutely beautiful mountain creek and stream stuff, big mountain laurel hillsides that like yeah. they, it's just gorgeous up through it there. It's beautiful. In certain certain areas. I think we'll ever get back beavers. to go in there and see it. <laughs> They'll let us in. Yeah, I think I think bust, let us I'm going to bust the gate doing 98 <laughs> next. Uh, Excuse me. Whenever I go back there, uh, this there's spring. One, there's one more. There's one more like swamp thing I know I'm missing somewhere um that's just been huge. And we've got Minnesota and South North Dakota coming up. Mhm. Uh that's later on in the spring though, isn't yeah. it? Yep. Thankfully cuz it yep. seems like it's going to be snowed in, but yeah. um It'll be interesting to see what North Dakota mm. has that farm has to offer. Some swamp stuff in Maryland as well. Oh yeah, right on the yeah. eastern shore. It's been some cool stuff. The frag swamps. Yeah, there's some there's some <laughs> frag there. By the way, Same I words. don't know if you've seen it yet. But if you've been on uh, on the road between where we're sitting today and my farm, and there the highway that we take has that railroad track yeah. that runs that parallels it, and halfway from here to the farm is a big old quarter acre of Phragmites. On the left? On, on the north the right. side? It's on the south side of the road. Point it out. Yeah. Huh. I saw it and I about wrecked <laughs> rubbernecking. So, hmm. Yeah. I'm going to, I honestly, it's one of those where I'm going to try to find out who the owner is and get in there and spray it because I don't want it. But at the same time, it's everywhere. If I, if I uncork that volunteer duty, I may be volunteering all over the country. Um, <coughs> so, some of our was, favorites. That was a cool little trip down memory road. Man, yeah. there's, there's, I know I'm missing a bunch too, but. Um, if there's a state that like when the phone or email comes in and it's in that state, you automatically get excited. Hmm. And then I'll flip it on you and say, 
<laughs> no, no. I won't answer that one. <laughs> uh, uh, not for uh, you not guys, recording. Matt and I are around each other all the, all the time, so he knows where my mind was going. But I was going to say, and I'll flip it on you and say, <laughs> I want to ask, when Which somebody says they're in this state, are you like, already oh, dreading it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Nope, don't want to do that, but I'll yeah. go there. Um, there aren't really any some, states, some states like that. Some states that I'm like, yeah, that man, I can't wait to get back and see that area. Um, Oklahoma. I, I like Oklahoma. Um, there's some parts that are like, eh. I could do without, but yeah. there are some parts like I like traveling through Kansas. I think people were like, "Oh, Kansas is so boring." I like it. I like it in the spring a lot. Um, another one that people I think just wouldn't wouldn't normally think of. I love Tennessee too. I was driving through parts of Tennessee that were just like Middle Tennessee um, this weekend. It's like, whoa. This yep. is gorgeous, man. You know what I think of when I think of Tennessee? Obviously, I think of Tennessee in February because we're always over there for the NWTF yeah. National Convention, which won't be going on this year other than yep. virtual mm-hmm. uh, online. But I always think it, Tennessee is the first taste of spring for us <laughs> because it's February and it's still pretty cold here in the Ozarks. Yeah. But you get over in Tennessee and the fields are already starting to green up. Mm-hmm. And it's the like winter wheat is just whoa. green as a gold. Spring is almost here. Yep. Yeah, um, it's coming. Tennessee is really cool. Uh, it's unfortunate the amount of invasives that are mm-hmm. taking over Tennessee and CWD there. Um, I was I was a mile from the epicenter yesterday. Oh. Yep. Oklahoma is definitely one of my favorites. When when the phone call or email comes in for Oklahoma, I get excited. Yeah. Because I know it's going to be cool. Um, whether it's the southeast or the very far, whether it's the panhandle, I'm going to get excited. Mm-hmm. Um, For sure. Uh, I honestly, um, Iowa, if somebody says they're in west Iowa, I'm going to get excited. Oh, yeah. Or southern Iowa. There, and there's parts of Nebraska, too, that's like, ooh. But if they call me nice. and say they want to want to do it in January <laughs> and it's in northern, I'm like, oh. Uh, Let's do you, it later. You mean March? Oh, oh, sorry. April. Okay, a- April. No, yeah, Looked we're good. Up. We're good. Yeah, we're good. Um, yeah, those are some. Those are some. Certainly, some of the top top areas. Um, I. But honestly, I'm I'm a sucker just for anywhere that's new. Yeah. Um, anywhere that anywhere that's that's just relatively, relatively new. They see some awesome, awesome country. Um, so, I just gotta tell people get ready for the series. Yep. Get get your get your twenty five species down, five from each category. Educate yourself, prepare, and if you want to share them with us on social media, tell us what what it is you're researching, and um, you'll most have a leg up on most people. Most I mean that. the one I want to see on Instagram or Facebook, and if you send it and it's like cool and it's something that is not, I'll send a hat. And I might even send multiple hats this week to people who send me any cool species that they've found on their property that is something that Matt and I don't see every time we're on a consult. So if you send me something like... And have correctly identified it. Yes. If you send me something like yellow lady slipper or American bladder bladder pod... Um, which is a tree that we found recently on the Prairie Hollow property. Virgin's Bower. 
Ever heard of that one? That's a plant? <laughs> yes, sir. Look at that. It's a vine. Oh. That's the seed head. Huh. Weird, isn't it? It is weird. Saw it yesterday. I was like, I looked, I was like, I have no idea what that is. Um, American hog peanut mm-hmm. would be one that I would be like, oh, yeah, that's cool that you found that. Um, anything that you found in the last few months that you're like, hey, check this out. And it's very unique, and it qualifies under the, the guidelines the cool. that we are going to make up. <laughs> we make the rules. We'll send you a hat. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I want to see it. So, And send them me- via message on Facebook or Instagram, or if you don't have that, shoot us an email at info at landandlegacy.tv. And, uh, man, I, if What's I don't see something come in, I'm going to be upset. And then you'll have to hear about it next week, guys. And so I'll put it at the just, front of the podcast. Just, just make sure you send them. Yeah. But we're off to the races for a series, and we're hitting the road. But I do. Are you? Well, we're getting close, though. Yeah, not, not this week. Christmas. Yes, exactly. Wish everybody a very Merry Christmas and enjoy the time. We said it last family. week, and I forgot that it's. And we're gonna, yeah, we ha- it we're going to release more this before. week. This week. So. Enjoy the birth of Jesus Christ and have a wonderful time. Enjoy your family the best you can. Merry Christmas. (laughs) No, enjoy it. We'll see you guys next week.